Hey guys, this is Jennifer with the Shooter's Mindset, episode 317 with Clay Blackgetter. We have our co-host with us, Greg Cannon. How's it going? Hey everyone. How's it going? And the guest of the hour is Clay Blackgetter from uh, Clay's Cartridge Company. We'll talk a little bit about that and talk about shooting and talk about AG Cup. We'll talk about a little of everything. So for, for those that uh, don't know you or unfamiliar with you tell us a little bit about yourself um i'm from oklahoma uh it's from a little town in western oklahoma that had about 300 people in it and uh <clears throat> now i live in oklahoma city unfortunately way too many people nearby but uh my previous business kind of required me to live in the city and now now that uh now that i'm making ammo i'm not really tied tied here so it's only a matter of time before i move back out to the country and um, have a range out the back door and just kind of live everyone's dream. Um, but, uh, as far as shooting goes, um, I could probably like a lot of people here, I grew up shooting deer, you know, turkeys, whatever, um, going hunting every year. And I, uh, I was a terrible shot. Absolutely terrible. And I don't know that I believe that. I'm, I'm telling you, <laughs> I was absolutely terrible. Um, I, uh, I mean, there was a deer that I remember that I missed five consecutive times at 75 yards, not moving, like borrowed my brother's gun for a shot, still missed, went back to my gun, put more bullets at the dumbest deer in the world before I finally hit it. Um, I mean, like I was truly terrible. Um, I don't know if it was target panic or, you know, just there's probably 14 things that, uh, that were wrong, but uh, that's all I ever shot was just a few rounds to, to zero a gun before going deer hunting. And it wasn't until, um, I reconnected with a guy that I played college baseball with that I ever did anything long range. Um, he just invited me to go to a range once upon a time. It happened to be Justin Watts' range at Falbor Precision. And he said I should come to the match that he was going to host the next weekend. So I bought a Ruger Precision rifle, um, showed up, got my butt handed to me, um, absolutely got crushed. But uh, I immediately fell in love with it and knew that that was, that was what I wanted to do. So I sold that gun the very next day, probably this shortest time spent anyone's owned a, an RPR for and uh, I started looking for gunsmiths and I found Wade Studeville who lived 45 minutes from me and I went and talked to him and impact actions had just started coming out I didn't know anything about him I, I had no idea really about anything and um, but I for whatever reason I had decided on the action that I was going to get I was going to get a defiance action and I show up to Wade's shop and he asked me what I wanted and I told him what it was and he uh, said, well, um, there's a, a scholarship match coming up. And if you want to, he's like, are you going to get to shoot? It? I was like, no, I'm not. I just sold my gun. And he uh, is like, well, here, you just take mine. Never met me before in his life. Talked to him for five minutes on the phone before coming to a shop. And he offers me his, his match rifle. And uh, as soon as I ran the bolt a couple of times, I was like, um, I think I'm going to change my mind here. I want whatever this is. And uh, it happened to be an impact action. So I got one very, very early on. So I never had to fight with with equipment. Um, I was always the weak link, but, uh, Wade steered me, um, caliber wise into a six, five Um, it was super, super easy as most people know, just pretty much everything you do with six, five 47 shoots. And it wasn't six months later. And this is in 2017. Um, I, uh, six months later, I decided I wanted to try six millimeter. And so I got a six BR built, put it in a foundation. They were brand new. And, uh, I basically haven't changed anything since. Um, other than my, my scope. I mean, everything else just kind of worked out. I never had to 
fiddle around and find out what I liked and what I didn't like. Everything that I that I grabbed right off the bat was just exactly what I use now. Wait, so your first match was in 2016 or 2017? Uh, I shot a, a club match in 2016 and then sold my and then sold <laughs> at RPR, and then like six or eight months later was when I got that gun from Wade. And so my first match after that was uh, uh, the Bushnell Brawl in 2017. And you couldn't shoot at all before that. Mm. I kind of hate you. Why? <laughs> so your first match was in 2017, and then you won the entire series in 2019. Yeah, I'm very competitive. Um, I don't like to lose at anything. So <laughs> if, I, if I lose at something, if I get beat at something, I work my tail off until I don't get beat anymore. And that's been everything my entire life, whether it was baseball or, or whatever. Um, I just, I hate hate losing so wow um, I was getting my butt kicked every week and I'd figure out what what I needed to work on and I would focus on that and then when I felt like I had you know not not that we ever master anything in this but once I felt like I was good enough at that that it wasn't a, a hindrance to my game I'd move to the next thing and I just kept going like that and um, I mean I still you know there's still things that I, I see every match that I need to work on but um, I just I think the desire to keep from losing just is a big motivator for me. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I think we'll talk more about that in a minute, but <laughs> we'll get into the real reason that we're doing the show and then we'll talk about some of that other stuff that, um, so. Oh, cause Prince is having a kid. Oh my God. You what? Did, Go you, know that, did you know that uh Prentice is having a, having a baby? I did not. Yep, if you're ever in the comment section, he, he told everybody over there as well. But congratulations, P. Winky. <laughs> All right, there you got your shout out, P. Winky. Now we can do the show. <laughs> you can stop commenting. So, Clay's Cartridge Company, where did you get the idea of starting that? Because I don't think um, there's any other businesses out there that do exactly what you do. I would say that, I, I mean, Wade was a big factor in that as well. Um, I had been wanting to get into the industry somehow and I uh, just, I didn't really know how to do it. And I was over at Wade's shop and getting a barrel from him, I'm sure. And we started talking about, you know, ways to get into it. And obviously I'm not going to start churning out barrels when Wade lives 45 minutes from me. I'm not about to get compared to that right off the bat. So um, I, uh, you know, not going to make stocks. John Kyle and Amy are right down the road as well. So um actions right down the road uh, with impact so there there was kind of a limited amount of options but i had uh i had uh friends that asked me to load their ammo for them and so we just you know talked about that a little bit and he had some ideas on some things that i could do and so i <clears throat> went home started looking up everything that it would take as far as getting my um my ffl and within probably about a week i decided yeah that was that was for sure what i was gonna gonna start doing um but uh, I just thought that, I mean, everybody can go to Walmart or Cabela's and get some, get some ammo, but it's, you're pretty limited on what kind of calibers you can get. And it's, you know, some of it's great, some of it's not so great. And I just thought that there was a, an opening in, in what we do that, that could really help people because not everybody has the, you know, the ability to reload the, you know, the, the equipment, the, the time, all that stuff. And time is a, a big factor. Most people just don't have the time to do it. And I just thought that I could help everybody out that way and, you know, get me in the industry as well. That's pretty awesome. It's a pretty good idea, actually. 
Oh, Wade's Wade's a big part of that idea, so I got to give him credit there. It gets people like the good ammo that they need, you know, to their specs, kind of that they don't have to do the work on, though. Mm-hmm. And there, there are some people that uh, that do the work; they find their own load. Um, some people just buy off-the-shelf stuff, but uh, um, I mean, I put a, a lot of work into what goes off the shelf. Um, you know, got a hold of a lot of different rifles to put it through to make sure that it's, you know, going to be as as good as possible out of as many rifles as possible. But um, <clears throat> another part of what I did there was um, I've got loads specific for Wade's barrels. So if people buy prefits from Wade or from Impact, um, they can buy my ammo and have a load that is built for that rifle. So it's literally just like I did load development for them right off the bat. So. Um, I, that was one of the the driving forces for me in, in getting my name out there is having something that people could get off the shelf that was built for them instead of just your standard box ammo. Now that's freaking awesome. Well, that's awesome. And it's a really cool business idea because y'all are pushing each other's yep. businesses. Uh, I mean, you know, it's like, well, if you get this, then you have ammo that works. It's a I, win-win. I'm, I'm pretty fortunate in that with the people that I'm surrounded by. Um, and you know, Tate was obviously a big, <clears throat> big supporter of that and thought it'd be a great idea. Wade, same thing. Um, and you get guys like Tate, you know, Wade, Austin, guys like that running your stuff right off the bat. And it, it, it kind of makes it eye opening for, for individuals. So I, I'm obviously very fortunate that, that those guys trusted me enough in the beginning to, to run my ammo. And it just, I think it worked out for all of us. It's really awesome. That's awesome. You got anything live on Facebook before we get to in the weeds with? Uh, no, we're good on that. Well, somebody said they were watching from their hospital bed. Where is that? Because Clay's awesome. I can't get back to it now, but I can't remember who it was. I don't when... know how to run this. I can only see the last like four or five comments. I know it's very frustrating. Some people get irritated and I'm like, I can't see it. Wendell Sullivan. He said he's watching from my hospital bed. Wouldn't miss this one. Clay is the man. He's definitely bought some man from he's, he's sent me back some really impressive groups. It's he's been very good to deal with. That's awesome. That, that speaks volumes that he's in a hospital bed. And so best wishes to you, Wendell. I hope you get better soon and get out of there so you can go back to shooting. For sure. So back to this golden bullet. So how does it feel to have a golden bullet and to be currently sitting, are you a number two in the pro series standings? Yep. yep. Sitting in second right now. Morgan's got me by, by half a point or something like that. So that's, that's strategy though. I, I let him have that half a point um, so that, uh, that I could follow him all weekend long whenever the finale rolls around. But um, that's good strategy. I, uh, I still don't know exactly how it feels. Um, it's the one trophy that I have that isn't kind of in a pile on the floor, um, which is going to, you know, sound kind of strange, but um, that one's up on a shelf. Everything else is really just in a pile in the corner. Um, but uh, the, the the people around me, I think, celebrate it more than, than anything else. I was at Derek Duncan's wedding uh, last weekend or the weekend before, whatever it was, and uh, – him and another buddy of his, Mark Alexander, are walking around and introduced me. Oh, this is the golden bullet. This is the golden bullet. Hey, have you met him? He's the golden bullet. I'm like, <laughs> and people do that all the time. And it's just, it's a little obnoxious, obviously, and puts me in an odd spot. Um, but, uh, 
Just, Does it add pressure for this year? I don't think so. Um, it's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's what I was after last year. It's going to be what I'm after every time that I'm, that I'm shooting a gun. Um, and any pressure you put on or any pressure is all just self-induced. Um, I think anybody that, that competes at the top regularly knows that you just have to focus on yourself and, and what you're, what you're doing. If you start getting wrapped up in what other people think, what other people are doing, uh, how they're shooting, it's just going to snowball in the wrong direction. So, um, just gotta focus on yourself and it'll, it'll all take care of itself at the end. But I, true. I, I'd say my buddies have the most fun with me having a golden bullet. They're just, the, the jokes are nonstop. And we, we did a little video, um, this past weekend, we did a, one of our JTAC classes and <clears throat> after a Saturday evening on the class, we were sitting around at uh, my parents' house and we're, uh, we've had a podcast for like nine months or something like that. And the first episode, almost all of Tate's audio got messed up. And so we just never went any, any further than that. And uh, so we had to re-record that one. And so we did a little, a little video um, to announce it. That's going to, that's going to pop here in the next couple of days that I think most people are going to find pretty amusing, amusing, but it's, it's basically those guys roasting me and then me using the, <laughs> the golden bullet to, to defend myself. So it'll, it'll be a good time. Like a sword. <laughs> uh, not quite, not quite. Um, but uh, I don't want to ruin too much, but I think everybody's going to get a pretty good kick out of it. I can't wait to see that one. So, that is crazy. So not only does Clay's Cartridge Company have, you know, you shooting the ammo and obviously, you know, with that fancy golden bullet, you know, winning the matches with it. Um, who else uses your ammo and is just out there kicking ass? Um, Tate Streeter, obviously, Austin Orgain. Um, Justin Watts, uh, Colin Barnes uses it quite a bit. John Barry uses it. Um, as far as like guys that are consistently um, putting wins up on the board, um, those are going to be the uh, the main ones. But there's no telling how many people out there are shooting with it and, and doing really well. I've had a lot of, I mean, Austin, you know, uh, Tate, Justin, guys like that. I mean, you could give them a Nerf gun and they're going to compete. Um, <laughs> but uh, the the part that's the coolest for me is when a guy that you know, has never broke top 20 before, buys my ammo and has his best finish ever, breaks into the top 10. Um, I think that's something that's really cool. Um, Ashton Glasscox has been running it all year, and she said that she's never felt better um, with with the ammo that she's running. I know she had some um, some issues last year, and um, David Weiss bailed her out at the NRL finale um, using my ammo. Um, she had, she'd had issues with whatever she was using and I just delivered David about 500 rounds and um, he's like, well, why don't you just use this? And, um, that just kind of, it kind of took off from there. So I think that's the biggest thing is the, the people that are buying it just aren't having to, to worry about that factor anymore. That's awesome. I think that talking about that any of those guys could pick up any gun and do it. I think you should get, an RPR and go shoot a match and see how you do. <laughs> now that you're at this level, I think you, I mean, like, like next season when you have like enough matches, you have like good points, you know, where it won't mess you up if it doesn't turn out well, like you should totally show up at a match and just shoot an RPR. We've, we've actually talked about doing that. We all think that it'd be a lot of fun just to see how important the gear that we run is. Um, and, obviously the gear matters. There's, there's no arguing that having gear that you can rely on that you never have to question matters. There's just, there's no disputing it. But whenever we uh, 
do our JTAC classes, we'll find guys that that have RPRs. And so we we teach. We're not just teaching them to shoot with what we use. We're whenever we're teaching them on barricades or prone or whatever it is, we want to have their gun in our hands to show what we would do with it and and help mold it for how they how they run a rifle. So we do get some experience behind guns like that. So I, I think it would be, I mean, it, it's not going to be what we're running now, but I think we'd be competitive. That would be, I think you should do it. Oh, you got to know if you do it. Cause I think it would be hilarious. <laughs> It'd be so good to see it. Like, cause I really do feel like, I do think I agree with you that gear is important. I mean, it, you, you need to have reliable gear and I get that, but I also feel like people, um, especially in, in this game get so into, and, and I'm guilty of it too, worrying about the gear, worrying about the gear. And I really need to worry about the fundamentals more than I need to worry about the gear. Right. And, and work on the shooter instead of, you know, the gear. I think people get very dependent on it and use it as a crutch or as an excuse. Um, like, well, it's because this, it's because I didn't have a this, I didn't have a that, you know, and then you see people come in, um, like I think about the NRL 22 matches, we had a match and a guy showed up that had no bipod, like he just had, I can't remember what gun it was, it was something old. Something old, I don't even know what it was. And he shot really well and he shot everything prone with no bipod, so everything he did was unsupported, like the old unsupported way, and he was hitting stuff, and I was like, dude i feel so bad now um but i just i think it's pretty i think it'd be an amazing thing to see but yeah I, I love when you got the the old school shooters that'll randomly show up at a little local match and you know they, they have no clue about competition but they're just like well you know yeah i like i like shooting and they show up with just this whatever it is and you know they they may be timing out on every stage you know they may have no idea what they're you know with like the 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 gamer ways to get into specific position or shoot props but it's like you know he dropped like three shots today he only took half of them but guy could shoot we've uh we have some people that show up to club match around here that are like that that you know, they really may just get five shots off but they're just they're not gonna miss and you know that, mm -hmm. that they know exactly what they're doing behind a gun it's just a little bit of a different game but they know how to call win they know how to read mirage do all that stuff but uh just the speed is the only thing and if some of those guys start coming back it's it, it's going to get scary for a lot of us mm -hmm. what's this bipod thing and it's like for me it's like i can't go i can't go see how my new gun shoots i got to get a bipod on it first like not i can't even go breaking my barrel until i get a bipod yeah it's crazy yeah so before we move on this wasn't in the notes but i was going to ask you this anyway so tell us a little bit about the jtac classes i know of a few people that have taken it and a little birdie told me that it was very very good and very impactful and really taught a lot so tell us a little bit about that how could we you know if i would love to go i'm broke right now i would love to go and and take one but anyway um it's probably the one class that's out there that i'm like dude i wish i could go take that class because it's just four different shooters that are very um very good at what they do so tell us a little bit about it and if somebody wanted to do it how they can get information on it so uh, jtac is um just the first four initials of our names um justin tate austin and myself and we got the idea um after 
the, the two finales. We'd all talked about doing individual trainings before, but we just decided it'd be we'd be better off if we joined together rather than competing against each other. We ought to just work together and and really make this an experience for people because then you can get four different point of views from four different shooters. Or you know, we're all very consistent regardless of the match type or or where it is. And but we we do things differently, so we can give four different point of views and really tailor a class towards every type of shooter out there. And so <clears throat> we started doing them at the beginning of this year. And we, at, at the time it was just us doing classes together. And then we decided to, to form JTAC and it's kind of gone from there. But there are just some things that we do, um, the way that we process um, information on the clock before we start shooting, um, some techniques that we have that, I, I mean, we don't see anybody else doing and those are some of the things that can really put you over the top and it's been really really cool to watch some of our students um adam robinson is one of them um his first match after our class he's amazing y'all taught him but he's a stud um, no wonder so <laughs> his first match after our class was fifth his second one he tied for first and these are a two-day prs matches um then he was on day three at ag cup i think he just took another top five at mpa this weekend um, and, and those are the kind of, I mean, there's a lot of examples like that, that we have, um, Tom Wynn, um, he got third, his first match afterwards. And I don't think that he'd been in the top 20 prior to that, um, at any match. And, um, that's the stuff that's really, really cool to us because there's a lot of people out there that have the ability to shoot, but they're just, you don't know what you don't know. And that's a big part of what our class is, is getting that, that information to, uh, to these shooters. Um, and we spend, uh, about half the day uh, on Saturday in the classroom. And then we'll go from there and we schedule it until like five o'clock usually, but we stay out there until dark every time we tell the students, Hey, we'll stay out here until it's dark until we can't pull the trigger anymore so that you can work on whatever you want to work on. And then as soon as the day starts on Sunday, same thing. We're not in the classroom. We're just out there all day long. And if they want to stay until dark, we're staying out there till dark. And, and people take us up on it every time they stay out there until dark. So if that ends up being, they just want one-on-one -on -one at the end and some people take trail off or if everybody wants to just keep on working together, we, we do it. Um, but uh, there, again, there's just, there's some things that we do and how we approach stages and um, what we can do on the clock, even with no information whatsoever to make sure that you don't miss a shot twice um, on troop lines, things like that. Um, you should, after leaving our class, you should never miss the same target twice. Um, just mathematically, it should not happen. Um, and there's just some little things that we do that, like that to just maximize how many points you get on a weekend. And if you can gain an extra point every other stage, I mean, what does 10 points do to your score? I mean, that takes you from you know 20th to the top five at almost every single match. I mean, 10 points, it's huge. So mm -hmm. for people that are just getting into it, we do have beginner classes, but for people that have been stuck in the middle or whatever it happens to be, and they just want to up their game. I mean, we can, we can tailor it to anybody. It's pretty sweet. And how much does it cost and how do people sign up? Uh, it varies a little bit. Um, this last class, it was a thousand dollars a person. Um, and a lot of people that uh, see that price that right off the bat are like, oh, that's pretty pricey. But the way you break it down, so let's say that uh, you're going to a match and, you know, it's $250 for your match fee. You've got a couple hundred dollars in travel, a couple hundred dollars in ammo, your barrel wear, the time off work, you know, your food, everything. It's virtually impossible to shoot a match without spending $1,000. Um, mm -hmm. And so you can go shoot 10, 15, 20 matches and have fun doing it. And some people are going to, learn and pick it up themselves but uh 
at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know. And if we can take that learning curve from 10, 15, 20 matches to a weekend, it, it pays for itself instantly. I mean, Adam Robinson's a perfect example of how quickly it paid off for him. Regina won her very next match that she shot after taking mm -hmm. our class. Um, and there's just countless examples. There's a couple of guys that just came out of this last class that are going to be heavy hitters next year. Um, I mean, you can just tell, like, as soon as that light bulb comes on, you can just tell, oh, this, this person is going to be scary. So it's really cool to see. But uh, as far as signing up, we got our, our Facebook page. It's JTAC Precision Rifle Training. Um, <clears throat> and we are going to have a, uh, a beginner's class in January. Um, that's going to be, you know, your basics, getting, getting people that don't have data, don't know how to gather data, basic wind reading, things like that. This is going to be for people that are just starting to get into the sport. And then uh, in February, we're going to have another advanced class. And uh, we're going to begin alternating every other month. It's going to be an advanced. Uh, the other month is going to be a, a beginner class. What if you've been doing this for like as long as you, but you still need the basic beginning wind reading because you suck at it? Yeah, I was, I was sitting here listening to a feature of the class. I'm like, I, beginner, I think that's me. Uh. <laughs> we do spend um, on each class a ton of time wind reading. Uh, this weekend, they got a, a real, real good course in, in, in wind reading. We had uh, the lowest wind that I think I saw on Saturday was 20 mile an hour, um, but very consistently it was 28 to 35 with gusts over 40, and uh, they're getting full value winds. I mean, they're they're really having to work for every point that they get. But um, I mean, wind is the biggest separator in in our game, mm -hmm. um, especially in in troop lines. Um, getting the first round impact is is big on barricades, um, but even if you don't get it, most people are going to see where you missed, adjust, and then send your next, you know, seven or nine shots, whatever it is, and, and you're going to be fine. That that one shot, though, is is that one that you need. Um, but troop lines, it changes with every target. There's so much to to analyze, and so we spend a ton of time on on wind reading to make sure that that you can really excel when you you get in those situations i think that's probably the thing that could benefit me the the most you know i'm far from perfect in any aspect of shooting but it's um wind reading is something that i struggle with and if i could go and get on the target myself on the first shot by just learning how to interpret what i'm seeing that would be awesome there's there's uh, some stuff that we do in the classroom and then we, it's one of the first things we implement when we get out into the field is how to maximize your target size. Um, and that sounds silly, but most people end up shooting at a target about half the width of what it actually is. And um, just, that's one of the things, I don't want to go too far into it and spoil it, but uh, um, most people don't shoot at the actual size of a target. So um, that's a little teaser. We can maximize your target size. Um, and it, it makes a huge, huge difference. Chad Glasscock says that Ashton said you could shoot her gun, but it's probably too heavy for you. That's a fact. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I picked up her gun once upon a time and immediately I was like, nope, I'm, I'm not about that life. I can't, I can't handle it. I have comparatively, I have a pretty light rifle for our game. Um, and I thought several times about adding weight to it because I see so many people doing it and it looks like their gun just doesn't move. But um, every time I start to do it, I'm like, ah, I haven't had enough time with this. I'm just going to go shoot the match. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. So maybe in the off season, I'll try adding some weight to it. But uh, so far it's just, um, I'm just running one of the lighter ones. How much does it weigh? Uh, 18 pounds. Okay. Me too. I'm 18 also 18 or 19. I think it's 18 though. Um, 
uh, Eric Lumberg. Hey, Eric. He says that y'all need to challenge Doug Koenig. That would be fun to watch to have a production class showdown. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Um, it, it would definitely be a learning curve for, for us uh, that are not using a production rifle to show up with one. Um, so he might have the edge on us, but uh, uh, I think it would be a blast to, to give it a try and just see what happens. I think that would be fun. Yeah, that, that would be fun. I, I might stand, no, never mind. I was about to say I might stand a chance at a match, but no, y'all will still be way, <laughs> way above my, my little Peasley skill level. Um, so I know you have lots of different options on, on how to get ammo. Um, and we've already mentioned that you have off the shelf ammo available. And we kind of talked about what that is a little bit. Um, what, like what, what calibers do you guys have available right now in that off the shelf stuff? Um, as far as true off the shelf, six Creed, six, five Creed and, uh, six GT are the main ones. Those are the ones that are on the website all the time. And, uh, but pretty much if it goes bang, I load it. I do a lot of, um, street BR, BRA, Dasher. Um, and I do a ton of different hunting rounds, but it, they're obviously not, um, not used by everybody some of those hunting rounds so i don't have them as far as the the br dash or bra that's those are going to be um on the website this this coming year but as of right now it's just if someone wants it they message me i put it together and i just make them a custom checkout link for it but uh as far as what is on the website all the time it's it's gt and creed moors um both of the creed moors and or the the bigger of the two creed the three the three creed moors rather um i guess there's four now there's 25 um but uh, uh, those are the ones that are on the website all the time. But pretty much any competition round, uh, I load and I do anything from from 22 Creed to you know 375 on a fairly regular basis. Nice. Now let's say that like I just have all my load development done. You know I've been loading my own ammo. I know exactly uh, what I want, but I just don't have time to load. Can you help me out there too? That's a huge part of what I do are the guys that know exactly what they're doing. They just don't have the time to do it. And so if they have the recipe, um, I duplicate it here, send it to them. Um, sometimes if they're, if they're unsure of, uh, lot to lot variances, um, I'll send them, you know, just a test batch just to make sure that my powder charge, um, you know, matches with theirs as far as what in uh, velocity they end up with, uh, with as consistent powders as we have now, you know, the Vargas 4350s, things like that. It's really not much of an issue, uh, especially because Vargas comes and goes so quickly that um, it, you're not getting a, a batch from four years ago and then one from now. I mean, they're, they're back to back. The lot numbers that I've been seeing have been just a couple of numbers behind and I haven't seen any difference in a long time. Uh, from lot to lot, which has made my life very easy um, when it comes to tuning new loads. Um, but uh, if you have all the components and you want to send them to me, I'm happy to use them and then just charge the uh, the labor of putting it all together. Um, if you just have the load and want me to do it all from scratch from there, um, new components, everything, I'm happy to do that. Uh, the one thing that we uh, can't do is size brass liability insurance doesn't let us because you never know how many times it's actually been fired if it actually is their piece they didn't just pick up an extra one from the ground that was out of somebody else's rifle and obviously there's a lot of a lot of issues that can come from that so um but uh if they prep it um and send it to me i can use that but otherwise um everything is going to be new brass awesome what's the uh turnaround time for a service like this assuming you know from the point that you either i say you know use new components or you receive mine so 
Um, right now, I would say that it's on the for sure on the longer side. We're probably two and a half ish weeks right now. Uh, we just finished a couple of military orders, and so with that, I put everything on the website just on back order because I did, I wanted to be fair to everybody that was ordering ammo that they knew they wouldn't be getting it right away and. Uh, a lot of people still ordered ammo, so now I'm filling the back orders. Um, so it, it's the there's a bit of a log right now, but on a <clears throat> on a normal basis, if I have everything here, or if you send it to me, um, you're gonna have it in you know probably in a, a week or less. Okay, so I shouldn't wait until like the time that I'd start loading for a match, like the the Wednesday before I leave on Thursday, something. Not like unless that. you're Tate, Austin, or Justin. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> i'm going to be riding with them anyway so it, it's not the worst thing in the world but uh um kind of hard to get it anywhere else gotcha so you got to balance it right because i always hear that fresh ammo is the fresh best, ammo's ammo, best so, ammo ask derek webster like yeah loading in between days at the ag cow that was pretty wild he said he didn't want to jinx himself i mean i guess it worked yeah, Dave Preston was uh, joking with me. I, I needed a new brass marker. I had lost mine uh, earlier this year, and so I asked him to bring it to me. And uh, I was jabbing at him. I was like, I want you to bring it so that you can actually make some money this weekend. Um, and uh, then the <laughs> next day, he's like, well, did you mark more than 100 pieces? Because you're not going to need them. Um, and I was like, yeah, I marked all 300 of them. And then lo and behold, I don't end up needing them. <laughs> oh. Damn. So I think he got the last laugh there. Damn. Uh, Wendell wants to know what brass is used on the 6.5 Creedmoor, and is it small or large primers? Uh, on <clears throat> what I have on the shelf, it's large rifle. It's uh, it's Hornady brass. I weight sort everything just like I do with 6 Creed or 6 GT. I weight sort everything before I expand next, trim, chamfer, all that stuff. Um, so that's large rifle. But uh, if if somebody wants it, I do um, get Lapua small rifle primer as well. Uh, it's just because of the cost it's not like $2 a round is, is pennies these days. So um, once you bump that to Lapua brass, now you're getting a lot closer to that $3 range. So I try to keep it as affordable as possible. And for most guys, they're just shooting this brass once and letting it lay there. And functionally, um, performance wise, I don't see the difference um, as long as the brass is prepped properly. So um, trying to trying to help guys keep it as affordable as possible and still get the performance that they need. So speaking of, um prices for if i were to send you everything is there like a flat rate per round or something uh depends a little bit on the round so some of the uh the really large calibers um like the 338s they just take longer just how much powder goes in there waiting for it to you know to to, to get to the charge um <clears throat> but uh those are a little bit more but most rounds are right at a dollar okay that's not bad at all not bad at all yeah, when you look at what what your time costs. Let's see. I was about to say you got any live? I'm wait for some reason mine's like jumping in and looks like Rudy um said he has a six five by forty seven question mark. Um I, I do load six five forty seven. I've got my my recipes that I use for that. Um but uh brass has been really hard to get a hold of um for the most part. I ordered some for a couple of customers seems like almost a month ago and it still hasn't shown up so um i do it i've got a hunting load and a target load um for that as well awesome um let's go ahead and hit discount corner um jen you normally start us off you can get 10 percent off at carbonarms.us on carbon arms um, shotgun shell caddies back from a three gun days 
Um, I need to go shoot my shotgun. I missed that thing. I haven't shot it in forever. I'm going to go shoot sometime soon. Anyway, um, and under industries, you can get 10% off on their jerseys. They have jerseys, sweatshirts, um, hoodies, uh, arm sleeves, pretty much anything you want. Um, they can custom do, um, and they're a veteran owned and operated company. So I like to support veterans. So check them out. You can go to the Under Industries Facebook page and if you message them and mention the Shooter's Mindset, you can get 10% off. Uh, I think that's all that I have now. What, it, what you got, Greg? I have the code MINDSET10. It's in all caps. It will save you 10% off of all PhoneScope products. Um, if you haven't checked out a PhoneScope, go over to the website. They got some videos and stuff. It's a really awesome, useful product. That's, That's okay. it. I'm not as popular as you. No, I, I thought that you had two. And then Clay, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, the code on the website is Shooters Mindset 2020. Uh, it's going to work for any ammunition you purchase on the website. It ends up taking uh, 10 cents off per round. And it's going to be Sweet. active from today until your next episode. So one week to get it in there. Yeah. So in a world where like you can't even find ammo, you're offering people a discount on I know it. I'm, I'm a crazy man. You are. <laughs> You'll be All busy. Right, so I've seen it a couple of times. I've seen it a couple of times over here in the comments. You got any primers for sale? <laughs> no, but if they got any to buy, I'll take them from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you keep up with all of your components? That is a huge challenge right now. Um, the My distributors, they don't give priority. Um, for OEMs, it's the same for everybody. It's the same limits for everybody. So it's first come first serve, which makes things really hard because most people, obviously in our game, people go through a lot of primers, but the average individual, you buy a brick of primers, it's going to last them the rest of their life. Um, but for me, that might last me a few hours. So um, it, uh, it it's definitely a challenge right now. I'm you know, I scour websites. I have people looking for me all the time. Uh, primers are just very, very hard to come by, and I refuse to pay gun, bro gun broker prices to get them. So um, between that and powder, it's uh, it's a little dicey right now. I can't find Varget anywhere. Like, that's... Varget's the only one that I can consistently get a hold of. Um, about every month and a half, I, I, I get to Varget, but I mean, the, the order that I just took care of used 80 of my 100-pound shipment, and what I have back order is going to take like 16 of the next 20 so I'm, I'm going to be right back to where i started from uh so it's gonna it's gonna be dicey for a little bit that is a lot, a lot of pounds, of pounds of powder. Powder. <laughs> it's crazy yeah I, it, uh, i'm like i can make some ammo if i can find components but right now i'm like oh anyway frustrating it is what it is so mm -hmm. let's see where are we at Go ahead, hit it. As I'm drinking. Um, so let's say I want the full package. Um, I got a brand new rifle and I want the perfect ammo built just for my rifle. Um, so from a customer side, what would getting a service like this look like? So I have people that send me rifles all the time. They just get them built and they send it straight to me because they don't know how to load or they don't want to buy factory ammo, whatever the case may be. And a lot of times it's for uh, long range hunters. Uh, I do a lot of match shooters as well, but the long range hunters are really fun uh, that they have that, that once in a lifetime hunt coming up and they want to make sure that everything's perfect. But uh, it's pretty simple. Um, you put it in a box, ship it straight to me. 
um, I logged into uh, my logbook and my turnaround time right now is longer than normal. Usually I tell customers two weeks before I get it back to you. Um, right now it's going to be more in the four to five week range just with everything going on. Um, but uh, I start load development at 100 yards. Um, as soon as I find something there, I go to 600 yards, shoot groups uh, through an electronic target. Um, that way I can give them a, a printout of exactly what their gun is doing. And then I check it at, at 1,000. If they need data further than that, I do that. But I make sure they have data at least out to 1,000. Um, and obviously, I want to make sure that the rifle is still shooting consistent out there. Even though most people are not going to shoot it that far, I want to make sure that you know they've got a custom rig that they're getting exact, you know, the maximum out of that build. Um, but for uh, 308 based cartridges, um, it's $500. And then you can, if if you're a reloader, you just don't know how to develop a load. I give you the recipe. I send you a dummy round back with all the specs, and then you can just copy and paste it. Um, if you're not a reloader, I keep that information on file, including all the lot numbers that I was using when I did it. Uh, that way, I can reproduce it at any time for you. Um, but either, you know, at the time that I finish it, or or afterwards, you can order as many rounds as you want from there. Um, but uh, 308 base calibers are 500, or start at 500, and then um, magnum start at 750. Um, but uh, like I said, turnaround times typically, you know, two weeks, except right now it's more in the four to five week range. Man, if I was rich, I would come take your class and just give you my rifle and let you like come up with the load and then just tell you like, all right, here's some more money. Send me some more and just have like a perfect load. Start, start buying some lottery tickets and you can help us both out. <laughs> or I need to find a sugar daddy or something. I don't know. <sighs> <laughs> it would make it so easy to, to, to do that not have to load I don't know how you do it every day all day long when I have to load for a match I know some people are like I love reloading it's relaxing I'm like no it's not my feet hurt my back hurts I'm irritated and then I drop a tray with with the powder already loaded and oh. dump powder everywhere and then I just really want to throw things and that's one thing that I will never do I won't use um won't use trays. I, once I grab a piece of brass, it does not get put down until there's powder and a bullet seated on top of it. Um, because that is the exact thing that happens. You put them in a row, eventually you're going to knock them all over um, or you're going to forget to charge one or something. So I don't ever put a piece of brass down um, once I have it on my hand until it's finished. Um, but uh, I, I'm with you. So the reloading part is not for me. Whenever I load everybody else's ammo and it's time for me to do mine. I'm always doing mine last, which is the, the midnight ammo. Um, when I've got to kneel it, size it, clean it, trim it. I'm like, please, I, I, I need someone to do this for me. Like, why can't somebody do this? Um, <laughs> so the, whenever I'm doing new stuff, it's, it's enjoyable for me. But when I'm doing my own, it gets pretty painful pretty quick. Yeah, it's pretty painful. So when you're doing a load, what process do you use to come up with a load for a rifle. I feel like there's a lot of different um, methods that people use and how people do it if they do powder charge or length first and so kind of how if you don't uh, if you don't mind saying you might not want to go through your whole thing but like kind of a bird's I, won't go, I won't go through everything but I typically have a developed load in 25 rounds or less um, and what I do, um, I'm obviously confident in how I shoot. So um, what I'll do is I'll um, load two rounds and I'll shoot them at 100 yards. If they're not at least touching or in the same hole, it's 
you know, trying something new. Um, there's no reason to shoot a third round if the first two aren't touching. Um, no matter what the third bullet does, it is not, it's not going to make it any better um, or acceptable to me. So um, just with that, I, I, I've already eliminated a lot of rounds that get shot just by doing two shot groups to start off with. Um, but I do seating depth first. Um, if you have the right seating depth, powder charge makes a lot less of a difference on how your rifle shoots. So um, I'll find the lands usually using uh, Brian Allen's method, which if you don't know, um, you put a either a new or a sized piece of brass in, cleaning rod in the other end, and you can tap it out. It feels there's no tension whatsoever. And then you see the bullet long and just see it a little bit more at a time until it pops out the same way. Um, and I don't load near the lands for anything that I do. I'm definitely a jumper um, for a lot of reasons. One is that as your throat erodes, it's less likely to change the further off you are. Um, the percentage difference in how far you are off the lands is significantly um, less the further out you are. So you, you get a lot, lot less picky loads. So um, I won't normally start um, any closer than 50 thousandths off. Um, and then I'll go in 10,000 jump uh, or 10,000 increments um, until I find what I like. And then once I've found what I like at 100 yards, if I get the you know, the load that's putting them both in the same hole. Then I'll start loading three round groups. I'll shoot another one at 100, make sure that that um, still shoots the exact same. And then now that I've got it hammering at 100 yards, I'm going to go to 600 yards. And then that's that's my process there. Um, but so many people get worked up about, oh, it has to have extreme spreads of this or SDs of this. If you develop a load properly, the numbers have very little bearing on how your rifle actually shoots. So many people judge a load based on numbers and I see it all the time on on Facebook they'll have a group that is perfect just absolutely incredible group but it has terrible numbers and then they'll have a, an okay-ish or you know decent group with great numbers and like ah which one should I pick and everyone's like oh you should pick the one with good numbers it's going to do better at distance and that's not that's not how it works if you have a developed load if you develop it properly the, the numbers don't have much of an impact it's when it's not developed properly that your larger extreme spreads get you a, a crazy vertical but um, so I'm very big on, on jump first, um, powder charge later. And as far as how I, how I find a load. Um, but once I've found my load, um, I will continue to jump it 10,000 at a time to make sure that it's going to continue shooting well. And that's basically just my test of how the rifle is going to perform as the throat erodes. The last thing I'd want is to uh, develop a load for somebody. They go elk hunting, they've shot it, you know, however many rounds of practice, and then they go up and it's, it's come apart. So um, I want to make sure that I'm testing it for what's going to happen as they, they have it. So I try to make a, a load that'll work for the, for the life of the rifle. Now that's a good idea. You know, a lot of the stuff you said is stuff that I practice when I'm loading all the time and I'm like, okay, cool. You know, he built, he makes good ammo. I do the same thing. That's good. Um, like the Brian Allen method is by far the best method. Of by far. Um, it's not even close. Yeah. I, uh, I was struggling um on a different rifle trying to find the lands and someone suggested like just go try to find the brian allen method i'm sitting here trying to find it finally found it online i'm like brilliant mm -hmm. brandon said do i cool down in between rounds um it depends on the the rifle that i'm shooting if i'm using a carbon fiber uh barrel i'm usually gonna gonna wait 10 minutes or so between those couple of shots um and it gives me time to go back inside, load a couple more rounds, you know, do something on my phone. And in an ideal world, I'm working on multiple rifles at the same time. So I get to continue 
working, but uh, if I'm using a carbon fiber, I'm going to let it cool down every time. But um, if it's going to be a steel barrel match rifle, it's not going to hurt it to have, you know, eight or 10 rounds, you know, shot through it in, you know, five or 10 minutes, whatever it happens to be. Do you shoot out your back window? I wish. Uh, I live in the middle of town and... Um, oh, that's right. You said that. Uh, not ideal. So what I do is I take... Um, I take some more, some of my more mobile stuff. I don't load with this, but, um, I take a, uh, I take a, an autotricular that's, you know, I had those from years ago. I've got a couple of them. And so those, the only thing I use those for is to just double check weights, um, when I'm calibrating machines. Um, but I'll take those to the range. I've got one of the Bluetooth ones. So I just type in whatever charge I want. Um, and so I'm at Justin's, I, he's got a press in there. I just bring dyes, powder, all that stuff. And, uh, uh, I walk outside onto his platform, shoot, walk right back inside and try something else. That's probably one of my favorite things I've done recently in low, low development. And I was kind of crushed for time. And instead of driving back and forth and back and forth, it's just like, screw it. I'm going to go set up in the in the clubhouse of the range. One of the lucky things about um, being friends with the people there. It's just like, hey, I'm going behind the counter and don't mind me just loading ammo. Yep, for sure. <laughs> It was I used to whenever I first started doing load development for my own is I would load 40 or 50 rounds at my house at different seating depths with all the same charge. And, and then I would go out and hope that, that one of those worked. And if it didn't, it was mm -hmm. two, two hours, you know, back and forth, try it again. And that was really painful. But whenever um, I got to know Justin well enough and uh, to, to do that, I, it was a very big help for me. Yeah, that, that definitely helps. Plus, you know, it's worse if you're, you know, going into something blind, and I'm guessing you're probably far more experienced than me at this, of just, you know, knowing, okay, that's not going to work. That's too high. That's too low. So, you know, you load, I'll load up a ladder and be like, okay, cool. I'm going to make this one trip. I get halfway through and I'm like, oh, I should have started half a grain lower than I am. And I can't shoot this half a box of ammo here now. Yep. <laughs> that was never fun. Um, so my day job is I'm a manufacturing engineer. So like I develop processes to you know, build stuff better, faster, more consistent and everything. So that was a big thing for me when I got into reloading. I'm like, oh, this is garbage, you know, kind of make my own thing and it's adjustable. It's all on T-slot tracks and stuff, but um, I'm having way too much fun buying loading equipment. What kind of, uh, um, I guess, tools and processes and stuff that can you reveal of your loading process? So I've got several of just about everything, it seems like. Um, every bullet that... Uh um that i seat has been seated on a forester coax um i uh <clears throat> i just got one of the new uh airy 419 zero presses um Ooh. and uh i haven't got to use it very much because the ultra mount that i bought is the wrong height so i have not been able to put that oh. thing faces the way oh, that no. i wanted to so i'm just like checking the mail every day waiting for that uh for that new mount to come mm -hmm. out because i'm really excited to use that thing um but uh, i use a gerode trimmer for a long time until I found the Henderson precision trimmer and I will never, ever, ever go back. Um, the drill does a great job, but there's so much pressure on your fingers whenever you're doing that, that, you know, most people that do a couple hundred rounds are just, you know, screaming whenever they get done with it. And mm -hmm. when I'm trying to trim a couple thousand at a time that it just wasn't working, but I found that Henderson precision and I can go so much faster with it as well. Um, and it doesn't matter if the shoulders are the same, um, it's doing it on true overall length and, I can kick out about 1800 rounds an hour trimming on that thing. Um, that thing is phenomenal. Um, I've got, uh, the primal rights 
priming system. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I use that. I use that a lot, obviously. Um, but uh, I, I've tried pretty much all the presses. I've got uh, rock chuckers. I've got big bosses. I've got you know that the coax and now the zero um, and several other things that that I've played with in between. But uh, as far as consistency goes, I just until again, I, I can't count the zero yet because I haven't gotten to, to play with it, and I'm sure it's gonna, you know, be right up there or better than the, the coax. The coax is one uh, against the others in, in everything. Um, but uh, for those people that don't know, if you're sizing your own brass or loading ammo, uh, and you've got a, a rock chucker or a big boss or you know any number of other presses, the inline fabrication uh, case ejection systems are your best friend. Um, you can literally size two to three times more um, in the same time frame using those. Just you, you have no idea how much time it saves to not have to grab that case out of your out of your shell holder. It just kicks it off automatically, and you're off to the races with the next one. Um, and it kicks it off into a nice little bin. But if if somebody wants to save time, that is absolutely a, a great place to do it. Um, as far as dies go, um, I've got a couple custom dies. Um, I've also got a couple Arbor presses that I don't use very often just because they're a little bit slower. Um, but uh, seating dies, uh, either um, Redding competition uh, dies or Forrester ultra micrometer seater dies. Those are the only two um, brands of dies that I use. Not that I have you know necessarily anything against the others, but I just have phenomenal results with those two. Um, I've got a couple different um <clears throat> tools to check run out um i would say if you're on the fence about getting one don't because it will do nothing but get in your head um and every time you miss you'll think that it's because of your run out so just don't don't even get one it's it's just you're going too far down the rabbit hole with that um but uh powder dispensers um can't really talk about them but they uh they're fully enclosed so you know you know air moving throughout the room can't can't affect them. Um, they're mechanical. Uh, they do have, um, you know, some electronics to them, but the the measuring tools themselves are mechanical, so I don't have to worry about scales drifting, anything like that. Um, but uh, that's about all I can give you on that. I just everything is to the kernel um, on on what I'm doing, and obviously that's a that's a very important when you're wanting to to load precise ammo. Is having your powder charges be the same time after time. Um, but somebody asked bushing um or not um if you could get a a hone die um easily quickly then i think that'd be a great option but um it's just you're gonna have to have shot that caliber a lot know exactly what it wants um i think bushing dies are going to be the way to go for 99.9 percent .9 of people um it just gives you so much flexibility because you can you can do so much as far as how a gun shoots by changing your bushing um that people probably don't don't really know about most people like oh this you know minus two thousandths and you know off my neck tension and boom i'm done um but there's so much you can do just by changing your bushing um but uh um he also asked um about mandrels um it, it, it makes your numbers look pretty um but uh, unless you've got some real issues with your with your neck tension or with dents in the mouth you're not really going to notice a whole lot of difference for what we're doing. I mean, I can go shoot a two or three inch group with non-mandrel brass and I can do the same thing with mandrel brass, but the numbers are typically, you know, quite a bit prettier. Just functionally, I haven't noticed much difference. 
So Mike Bell asked about the a resource for the Brian Allen method and Mike, I can show you how to do it, but I can't find the video. But there's a whole lot of Brian. There's a whole lot of Brian Allen football players. In case you didn't know, because all that keeps pulling up is football players. So, so as someone, I'll I'll find it and post it in the comments. But you go. On I Facebook. was going to find it and post it, but I can't find it, so well, I can't post it. I'll be more useful than Jennifer this evening. Um, go to Facebook, search for the 18 Precision Facebook page, and click on videos. There you go. I guess I was looking on YouTube. I did this. Oh, I, I had to, me. I had to ask Gina. I'm like, okay, like I know I ask you every question in the world and I'm feel bad. Will you help me find this video on the internet? I should be able to do that, but I was unable to and had to. Ryan needs to, to tag that video better, put it on YouTube and start breaking in some of that ad money. Cause it's like that thing yeah. is so handy, but it's so hard to find. And everybody watches it because everybody uses everybody it. It's thing. a great video. But I'm just What was that? That is the intro to the video. I oh, excellent. He found the video. He's going to post the link. I would love to see your reloading room. I know that's probably top secret. It, it is, but a funny story about that. So <laughs> I don't know who it was, but somebody texted um, a buddy of mine uh, and said, hey, any chance I could get a look at uh, Clay's reloading setup? And uh, he's like, what are the odds of it? And, and you know, my buddy goes uh, pretty low. He's like, well, you know, would you, you know, sneak a picture for me? And he's like, no like absolutely not like that's his livelihood like i can't even believe, i just thought it was crazy that he's asking a friend of mine to sneak information from me i was like you just it's painful some of the, the stuff like that that happens i have people all the time that that ask for my load recipes um either on the phone email on facebook i'm like at least have the common decency to to buy a box and take it apart yourself <laughs> instead of yeah. blatantly asking yeah, at least give you something out of it. Yeah. Gosh, it's crazy. I, how much money do you think you have in reloading equipment? Oh, that's a scary question. Um, it's It's got to be getting in the neighborhood of six figures. See, and that's why people should pay for your, that's like when people are photographers and they're like, you're my friend, come take my family pictures. And you're like, then if they do that for everybody, they will never make money. Right. Like, how do you expect them to pay for their equipment? Now, some um, people say, you know, why does load development cost what it does if, it, if you can do it that quickly? Well, you don't, it, you don't instantly know how to do it that quickly. You're paying for all the time it took me to get that good at it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's just, there's so much to it that uh, it's just, it, you got to make money somehow. I mean, I, I can't, I got to eat. My puppy dog's got to eat. Quality control canines got work to do. <laughs> That's like somebody posted something on Facebook one time that was like, a friend of mine wanted to know how much it would cost for me to make them a table. And I told them $1,500. And they were like, That's too much. Why can't you just teach me how to make it? And they were like, Okay, I'll teach you how to make it. So you can make it yourself if you can do it for less than $1,500. And he's like, Yeah, I can. The wood will only cost this much. And he's like, Okay, well, I'll be at your house Saturday. Here's a list of all the equipment you need to buy. And the guy was like, Well, I can't go buy all that. That's like a lot of money and all this. And they were like, That's the whole point. Oh, $1,500 it is. 
the fifteen hundred dollars is not paying for your wood. It's paying for my time and all right. of the equipment, and mm -hmm. you know. So I feel like your business is no different than whenever a gunsmith has to have a you know lathe and all the things, all the equipment that they have to have, which is part of why it costs so much money to get barrels spun and all that stuff. But anyway, I think people should respect it. And if I had the money, I would totally let you reload all of my ammo. <laughs> So I got two lives. Uh, Austin Bushman wants to know on your prediction of how many 2020 PRS bullet trophies will go to Oklahoma shooters. Um, this is going to sound pretty cocky, but I'm going to say the top three will be. Ooh, um, how many, how many total? Um, I can't answer that. Um, I think there might be a fourth one that's pretty close in there, but I'm going to say that the top three will be Oklahomans. Uh, actually, it might be top four. I forgot Austin lives in Oklahoma. I keep thinking he's Texas. <laughs> oh. So, Brian Lewis said you mentioned seating everything on a coax. Uh, do you prefer sizing on that too, or something more conventional like a rock shucker? Uh, for me, something more conventional because I can use those case ejection systems. Um, that's irreplaceable for me because whenever it gets to my stuff and I'm, you know, size of my own brass, I want to be done with it as quick as I can. So, I'm absolutely going um, for something more conventional. And I, I do that on a big boss for, for my own personal use. So by the way, you cost me $60 cause I've been on the fence about the case ejection system. And it was kind of one of those things that the idea fizzled out. I probably just now. saved you two hours in your first reloading session. Awesome. I'm ready for it. Cause I do this. I have a, a dedicated sizing press and a dedicated seating press just because, well, why not? And, uh, yeah, so that's definitely going on the sizing press. Um, so Ryan Hay asked this question like 40 minutes ago. Sorry, Ryan, I, it didn't alert me. Um, he's in Facebook jail, so he had to message me. But anyway, he wanted to know the dates of the first class. And I know we said January and then we said advanced was in February, but I don't know if you said the actual dates. So do you know those off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head. Um, I know that is completely useless um, of me, but uh, <laughs> I don't have it here in front of me. You're so, not a good salesman, Clay. Um, I, it's not my my best attribute. Um, <laughs> I think that the November class or the January class, um, we were actually looking at uh, the 15th and 16th, I believe, of uh, of January. Um, and <clears throat> part of the February class is going to depend on. We don't have that date set. It's going to depend on um match schedules because we want to make sure that you know people can can go to us because match season gets crazy obviously towards the end of the year but we want to make it as open as possible at the beginning of the year um so that people just don't have any conflicts because there's so many people that that try to get into our classes um they feel really quickly uh, and they can't so we want to make sure that people get a fair shot at, at getting in makes sense so just follow the jtac precision rifle training page and you can find them there i'm assuming yep. as soon as y'all have them yeah <laughs> somebody's slacking on the facebook page i'm gonna i'm gonna blame that on one of the other three <laughs> yeah who's in charge of that uh well it was me initially but then i got tired of doing it so i made the other three admins so now i just when a message comes in like like did it did it really come in i'm Oh, sorry. I was doing something. I just, I just missed that one. <laughs> Make them answer it. Yeah. That is funny. All right. Well, I think we're about getting done. Is there anything else live, Greg? 
Nope, we're good on that. I think we are good on live. I think we can roll it down to shout outs. Go ahead, Greg. All right. Start. Yep. Yeah. Uh, start with uh, GSL suppressors. Um, I got two that are in uh, in jail right now at Crack Shot Pond and Firearms. I have one of those, and it is wickedly quiet. Mm-hmm. Let's say they're they're just like do work cans for sure. Um, shooters and sharpshooters Augusta, our local outdoor range and indoor range, um, may or may not have had reloading presses biced down or. Uh, clamp down to their their tables in the shops before pdc custom for the most awesome rifle chassis ever ndz performance to build a really sweet gucci glock phone scope uh shooters world powder which is what i use in my reloading room and uh hunter's hd gold for my blind self being able to see something <laughs> clay you got any shout outs um i, I mean obviously i'm just gonna run through my my gear because they're great people and they take they take great care of their shooters. Um, <clears throat> but first and foremost, none of us run what we run because, you know, we're paid or we're giving it. We would pay double what it costs to run what we run. Um, but Impact Actions, um, Tate Streeter, it's got the best customer service in the business. And you can't argue with uh, with his actions. I mean, like they've got more wins than everything else combined. Um, uh, foundation Stocks. You know, the people behind them, John, Kyle, and Amy, are, they're great people. Um, to me, you get the benefits of a chassis with the arc rail and the different attachments you can put on it while still getting a, a traditional stock. Um, <clears throat> I run Tangent Thetas. Um, you know, they're not sponsoring me. Hopefully that'll happen one day. But uh, you cannot unsee that glass once you've looked through it. Um, and so it's I'm definitely uh, on board that train. Um, Barline Barrels, um, they take you know, great care of people. They, they've got amazing barrels. Um, it's the same every single time. Wade obviously has a lot to do with that. He chambers my barrels, but I've used the exact same load. Um, no testing, no changing seating depth, nothing different. I literally just grab ammo from the last box and put it in the new barrel and keep on going. Um, and I use Trigger Tech triggers. Um, I've got one of those very early on when they first came out and replaced my jewel with it. And it's been phenomenal. Um, you know, it's, it's rusted from being in the rain and not being cleaned. I don't clean any of my stuff, um, but it just keeps on going. Um, we bet I use that mini fortune cookie on, on everything. David's a great guy as well. Um, Me too. I love that. It is the bag. Um, but the whiskey Charlie one or just the regular oh yeah. one? The whiskey yeah. Charlie. I love that one. But uh, I think that pretty much covers it for me. I'm probably missing somebody, but um, they can yell at me later. That's right. You always get yelled at if you start listing, then you miss somebody. It's oh, always Hornady. a problem. I did it again. Hornady. Goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> they're obviously, they're probably my, you know, they, they are my biggest sponsor. Um, and for those that don't know, I mean, I paid, you know, full retail for every single A-tip that I shot last year and I paid double it to shoot them this year. Um, I mean, they really, really are phenomenal. They're just they're great bullets. Um, I just, I, I would not use anything else, but that for some reason, I always miss them. Me and Tate are both really terrible about, uh, about listing them. We're, we're terrible. Awful. Just awful. They'll forgive you. I'm sure because you have a golden bullet. I hope so. A golden bullet with their bullet. So yep. there you go. All right. Well, and shout outs for me. First, I just want to thank you for spending, you know, what, an hour and a half, two hours of your Tuesday evening with us. 
you're definitely one of the shows I've had in the back of my head. Like I need to reach out to clay. I need to reach out to clay, but I never really knew you. And I was like, he's going to think I'm crazy. So anyway, at AG cup, I cornered him and I was like, we got to do a show. <laughs> so anyway, and I appreciate you doing a little swap around for us at the last minute. So sure. thank you very much for uh, coming on and, and, letting everybody know about what all you do and all that so that's i, I was honored you asked me I, I photobombed one of your episodes last year with tate and i was just hoping one of the <laughs> I'd get to, to get on here that is funny and so, um huh on that note if anybody out here happens to be watching and you know wants to come on the show you know feel free to hit us up we can get something set up if I'm yeah that easy <laughs> <laughs> It really is that easy. I mean, like most of the people that I have on the show, I have some sort of contact with. There's a couple of people that I cold, I code cold call and just say, Hey, you know, can you come on the show? But most of the people I've like met at a match or have seen along the way, you know, and have their contact information. So if you, you know, have a company or have something you want to talk about on the show, just hit us up on either the TSM page or one of our personal pages. Um, we're always looking for new shows. Mm -hmm. I kind of have a running list in my head right now of what all I'm going to ask for in the near future, but we always like to do some different shows. So hit us up if you have something you want to do. And then otherwise for shout outs, I have, um, I didn't put my gun behind me cause I was a little bit lazy tonight. Sorry, but Macmillan stocks for awesome stocks. GSL suppressors. I just got my 22 cans, so I'm excited about that. Um, Sharpshooters of Augusta and Shooters of Augusta. I'm trying to remember all of mine because I don't have my list. I really need to make another list for this house, but uh, since I moved, I don't have a list next to my computer. I'll tell you that lists don't always work. Um, whenever we were uh, getting jerseys made for AG Cup, we had our list of sponsors, and we forgot to put our own training company on on the jersey. So <laughs> don't always work. That is pretty hilarious, actually. That's how bad we are at list. I mean, we we did it to ourselves at our first match. We did it, you know, at our second match. We did it to ourselves at AG Cup. We're just really bad at listing. It's hard. It's hard to remember everything. Night Force Optics for great glass. Um, yeah, I'm just going to stop there and call it good. Nobody wants to hear all that jazz anyway. There's a lot of great companies out there in, in the PRS. So I always mm -hmm. feel like even some that don't sponsor me, I kind of want to shout out, but then it's not fair to those that do. And so I'm like, oh, there's so many great companies out there that I really do believe in. And mm -hmm. There's, love this sport. There's a ton of great people. I mean, there's a lot of great products out there and people can get really happy behind, you know, virtually everything out there. There's not very many wrong choices. Yeah. Very true. Were you about to say something, Greg? I, I was going to say pretty much the same thing, but like there's so many awesome companies in this sport and it's like, you know, I shoot a PDC custom chassis, but that doesn't mean that like, I think less of the awesome people that are, you know, running foundation and MPA and McMillan, the MDT guys. It's like all of those people are, are friends of mine and they're all amazing people. And it's that way with so many different stuff in this sport. It's kind of awesome. That's awesome. And great people in this sport. I have some great friends that, um, so the finale was not going to work out for me this year financially. And I had some people that have helped, you know, like split in a room with me and, They'll pick me up from the airport. Somebody else picking me up from the airport so I don't have to get a rental car. And 
had somebody help me out with the fees and all that. So I'm getting to go to the finale now. So, but it's just great people that are willing to help out whenever you're, you know, just not in a good spot to get things done necessarily. So anyway, it's great, great people all around in this sport. But anyway, so with that being said, we'll make this a wrap and that'll be it for episode 317 of the Shooter's Mindset.